0: This is the Virgin Radio Pridecast with Alex Milsom and Shivani Darve.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Virgin Radio Pridecast with me, Shivani Darve. And
2: with me, Alex Milsom. Oh, voice break halfway through there. Shivani, I have to ask... Have the recording contract offers been flooding in this week after your singing debut on our last episode?
1: I'm not going to lie, Alex. I have been checking our email, podcast at virginradio.co.uk. cheeky plug there, and I haven't got a single offer.
2: Somehow, that doesn't surprise me. Should we leave the singing up to the professionals then?
1: Well, it's funny you say that, because this week on our show, we are going to be continuing our exploration into the relationship which the LGBTQ community has with the music industry. And that, of course, involves talking about some of the all-time singing greats.
2: So when you say all-time singing greats, I take it you are not including yourself in that one?
1: Savage. Alex, while I've been (laughs) wiping my eyes dry over the fact that I'm not going to become a number one hit artist, what have you been doing this week?
2: I have been a little bit busy. Um, just just living up my merry life um, I kept I, I had a few drinkies yesterday and still still kept my vegetarianism streak which is great because I thought I was going to break it.
1: That's great but um, just a quick point to clarify were those drinks at a work event and at any point were you bombarded by cake?
2: The real question is why does that sound so much fun? <laughs> 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 yeah kind of okay i take you weren't too upset about the music contract not coming through but what have we been up to this week
1: well i feel like they're playing hard to get i feel like they're playing hard to get i know the feeling (laughs) (laughs) i've um been doing a little bit of this a little bit of that i am just sort of vibing alex i'm getting ready to start the new show on virgin radio chilled next week or this week actually at the weekend
2: yeah
1: it's happening it's it's soon what are we going to talk about?
2: I know. I, I I don't know. I get really really worried that I'm just kind of kind of <laughs> like right. It's time to go on the radio now. What are you going to talk about? Okay. Well, I can't talk about anything. But speaking of vibing, I was listening to. Um, we're talking about music, and we will be listening to a clip about Elton John at some point in this episode. But I was listening to Elton John and Olly Alexander. It's a sin. You know the one that was at the Brits. Yeah. Ah. Oh, that is a vibe I was sat on the Jubilee line Panicking a little bit Because I was running late to the recording But I was like Oh this is great Inject this into my veins It's great fun
1: It is great it is, it is actually Better than the Pet Shop Boys version Which I know I'm going to get cancelled for saying But It, it just is it just is. I've got a really fun Elton John anecdote that I'm going to tell you about later. But interesting that you mentioned Elton John because I saw on TikTok today the Elton John Trust or Foundation um, did loads of stuff today about um, HIV testing. And apparently that's a big thing that this foundation does. And it was really cool. I saw on TikTok that they're just sort of giving loads of people hiv tests for free and this is in america i think
2: oh yeah um, very different approach to how you know you can go to lots of different websites in the uk and order yourself a free test at home kit because it's funded by the nhs and in the states that uh, level of testing just doesn't exist to the same degree it has to rely on charitable interventions by yeah. like, charities and organizations like the elton john age foundation so that's the that's, one that's what it's called <laughs> there we go got there <laughs> But um, yeah, it's, of course, uh, HIV testing week next week. Uh, You'll be seeing lots of Instagram adverts about, you know, how to get tested. It's a really simple one. You can get, uh, you've got two options now. This is new.
1: I like an option. You've got
2: two options. So you can get a finger prick test or you can also, and this is uh, newly available for lots of people, you can actually get a saliva test that you can do at home. And it's really nice to see that for people who are blood phobic, that wouldn't want to see blood or people that, you know, find it a bit weird breaking your own finger, there's a new option that's available. So we'll be talking about that a little bit next week. And who knows what we might have in store for that week. You know, also funny that I mentioned the Brit Awards because I'm absolutely pumped for them. They're happening on Tuesday next week. So many legends are going to be performing. Did you see the uh, Instagram from Adele? I did, very exciting. We've got Sam Fender, Liam Gallagher. So I thought, to prepare for that, maybe this week we could talk about some of the LGBTQ plus legends making waves in the music industry.
1: Can I just clarify, these are actual LGBTQ plus people, not people that I hope or wish to be LGBTQ plus so that I could have a chance with them. (laughs) Is that?
2: Yeah, we're talking about the ones that, you know, are out and proud and making waves
1: in that case, where better to start than LP and Adam Lambert, who told all about their careers on quite a queer conversation on Virgin Radio Pride
0: over the summer.
2: Have a listen to them chat about what it means to them to make music for the LGBTQ plus community.
0: Um, let's see. Uh, what does it mean to you to create art that resonates with the community? What does it mean to you?
2: Well, I think, I don't know about you, but when I first
3: got into, like when I auditioned for Idol and everything popped off after that, it wasn't ever a part of my initial, you know, vision to be like, oh, and I want to be a role model for gay people like that. It <laughs> wasn't a part of my. Unfortunately, it wasn't a part of my 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 big dream. But what I realized very quickly was like, oh, well, that's kind of what it's going to be a little bit like, you know, yeah. just by. Yeah. um the full, proxy, right. you know, what I mean? you know, like you, you're gay. You're being really open about <laughs> it, Adam, so people are going to talk about it. And when I realized that there was some, there was some real need for visibility, uh, you know, yeah. having having dealt with yeah. some BS right away, I was like, yeah. oh, okay, well, then I, I have so... something to, to fight for. What What yeah. about you?
0: Um. Well, just to say again, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not no uh but like, I just like. It was so. It was. I think you've done such a beautiful job at like, you know, being um, a role model for people, whether you thought so or not, and also just because of the the kindness that you um, emit all this time. You know what I mean? And like, and like, you know, you're cool and everything, but you're just sweet and kind of like. It's like, you know, I don't think, and we need that because in the past they only showed everybody being cool. You know how cool? Like, and 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 I think kids and didn't have they were just like i can never be that because i you know i they're too cool and i'm not but like i feel like your openness and kindness and sweetness is just like it just like brought it down to earth so much you know it's really cool oh,
3: thank you
2: yeah i find it interesting that adam is talking there about the whole he just kind of became a role model not by intending to be not by waking up one morning and going today is the day that i've decided i want to be a role model actually just going oh People admiring him for just being out and doing his thing and doing it well. And that's the sort of role models that, you know, really do inspire me. What do you think about that clip?
1: I think there's a lot there. Like, I think it's so amazing to be able to represent a community and to make music for a community that doesn't always necessarily have to be specifically about about that community, so you can make you can be a queer artist and you can write songs that aren't explicitly queer and you can write songs that are explicitly queer and I think that's great. I think what I struggle with in society as opposed mm-hmm. to the community, and I suppose even a little bit within the community, is the fact that if there is somebody who is an L or a G or a B or a T or a Q or a plus, we immediately say, like, this person is going to be a role model like this person has to like represent our community and this person has to be like someone that young people need to look up to and that's fine to an extent if they want that role but maybe they just want to make music maybe they just want to dance and sing some songs and sell some tickets and sell some records
2: and not be a role model at the same time
1: that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody yeah some people like
2: might not necessarily want to feel like they are role models that are inspiring people like sometimes they might want to be able to let their hair down and not think like people are going to follow them as a role model and go, "Oh, I've done something wrong and now I need to apologise for it." When they didn't actually intend to take on the role of a role model.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like just because you are in this community doesn't mean you have to speak for the community. It doesn't. A lot of the time, it doesn't even mean that you do speak for the community. I mean, it's just this weird way that society makes us think, "Oh, well, there's one of you guys, so let's let's make you the the front man of the gays," you know? Yeah
2: and what about the normal people so we we talk about that like representation all these different identities you know of the lgbtq plus spectrum i'm using my hands a lot here and i do apologize because it's probably fingers crossed i makes make sense by just using my voice but the hands are also being flailed around right now in the studio however we talk about the identities of across the lgbtq plus spectrum but what about the identities inside the lgbtq plus spectrum what about (laughs) you know say (laughs) a gay butcher um any sort of person a bisexual teacher a trans cleaner a um non-binary train conductor i'm trying to think of some random jobs off the top of my head and i don't know where this is going but it's all about not just seeing those different identities being represented but also seeing different people who who look like you uh you know whether it might be look like you because of the their sort of background their job their role in society what they get up to it's all about seeing those people inside your identity rather than a whole range of identities and not really feeling like you see someone who looks like you in them.
1: Yeah, I totally get that. I recently found out about a person who makes wine and the person is trans. And um, I was like, oh, my God, I could be drinking trans wine. This is great. (laughs) This is amazing. That's legendary. Get more trans in me. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I just thought like that, that's that's kind of cool. Like that's you know, we see people in in the media
2: mm-hmm.
1: who are trans, who are gay, who are lesbians, who are a spectrum of our identities. But we we need that in more than just people who can sell records to a mass market and make money for people who own big record labels.
2: And then also, you know, when you're growing up and you want to see people who look like you, you're growing up and you are having lots of different conflicting questions and lots of different things that you think about yourself and the people that you live with and the people around you. I always remember, and this is quite like a, an honest honest reflection, as a kid, I was pretty homophobic. It was internalised homophobia because, you know, hello, have you seen me when I look in the mirror? And have you seen my Instagram? I'm pretty out there now but what used to happen was I'd see sort of drag queens and I'd see people at Pride that were flamboyant and enjoying themselves and I would sometimes go oh, well that that's the reason why they don't like the gays I, I, I almost attribute them being themselves as a reason as to why there was so much homophobia and biphobia and transphobia in the world and you know so much homophobia that i thought i was going to have to inherit if i was one of those people when in actual fact those people were the trailblazers that you know secured the rights that i now happen to be comfortable enough to talk openly in the public about being uh queer being gay whatever you know identity i i might subscribe to at the time and that flexibility to to be myself is something that those people who you know were out and were flamboyant and i thought at the time were the ones that got so much hatred for us and actual fact it was it, i was completely the wrong way around it and now seeing all these different people you know some people who are like uh, queer colleagues of mine that you wouldn't necessarily know you know and i'm using air quotes around that one but you wouldn't necessarily know that they were they were queer because they didn't they weren't out and flamboyant and the things that i wouldn't have liked as a as a kid actual fact it doesn't matter it's just the visibility of knowing that there are queer people who exist <laughs> that's it that's all that matters not about how flamboyant they are or whatever it is and so it's really nice to see that progression and see how the role models that I look up to and ascribe to you know radio presenters that are that are gay but don't talk about it all the time on the radio or whatever it may be and it's really sort of refreshing to have that see people grow and see how they've helped me grow
1: yeah and I think that's Something that happens through music, like when when we do have queer artists or LGBTQ plus artists who are out and they're super open about their identities and they could be those people who, who make those dance floor bangers, getting everyone down there to shake their thing. But they could also be the people who we just know are LGBTQ plus and want to write songs about whatever they want to write songs about. It doesn't have to be about same-sex relationships. doesn't have to be about their identity. doesn't have to be about any of those things. They can literally just make a song about the same things everybody else does. And I think like the main thing about that clip is that it highlights the sheer power that music can have for people within the community.
2: Absolutely. And someone else who's experienced that is Northern Irish singer Conleth Kane, who chatted to Emma Goswell about the reception to his song, Proud. Yeah, have a listen.
4: I wrote the song the day before I went along to sing at the event because at the time uh, it was very much in the press and it was, uh, that the Northern Ireland situation regarding equal marriage was a, very much a talking point. Mm. And I've, I felt very, I felt, okay, I've got a platform here. I've got a stage to sing to a London audience as a Northern Irish gay singer-songwriter and let's write something let's just pour out onto a page what i'm feeling and i wrote "Pride" in about 10 minutes at my kitchen table and i brought it around to a friend and i said is this what do you think do you think this is is this good is this rubbish is it cheesy is it is it perfect i don't know and uh my friends just got you know i really identify that with this you should you should really sing this at pride you should give it a go mm-hmm. And I did. And I remember the reaction and because the, the lyrics are really simple. It's I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of what I see when I look in the mirror. I see me. And it, it's the simplicity of the song that I think really connects with people. And since then, you know, I've had people reach out to me from all over the world as far as Australia, America, Europe, Um, people who come out after hearing Pride and it, oh, it, I know it's 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 the most incredible humbling feeling to to get a, a message on Facebook from someone at the other side of the world who you don't know who you know related to your lyrics and felt an element of courage uh, to come out it, it, it's it really is something else like I can't tell you the feeling I it's euphoric and it's really rewarding Um the fact that a situation that actually came out of frustration. I was so angry with Northern Irish politics. I, I had so much to get off my chest in this song and it actually just ended up helping other people which was which was not what I expected it to do but the That's fact incredible. that it was a I, bonus.
1: Okay, so that song is so cheesy mm-hmm. but there's something about it that like, even if I'm like, oh god no, not that song again I'm just, like it every single time hits me in the gut and it makes me sort of well up a little bit and I I know I'm going to lose a lot of cool points for that, but I don't care. It's There's something about it that's so emotional. It speaks to just, I think, the queer experience.
2: Yeah, of course. Although I'm surprised you actually have any cool points to lose. Ha ha ha. <laughs> um, you know, we spoke about on the podcast previously how it can be a bit tiring seeing the same stories of coming out and those, you know, oh, wow, another queer film that's about someone coming out. But to know that Conleth has had the experience where his song has impacted people so much that they felt comfortable enough to actually come out means that actually I'm sort of stepping back a little bit. I'm, I'm like, um, it's like I'm in the Houses of Parliament. I'm, I'm withdrawing that statement that I made before. I think actually, although it can be a bit tiring, it's still really nice to see those queer storylines in songs, in films, in TV series, whatever it may be. It's really nice to see them and see the impact they have on people.
1: Oh, yeah, I'll, like, watch a whole TV show just for, like, ten seconds of one woman longingly staring at another with maybe queer themes, and then in the second season, one of the two will get a boyfriend, and my heart will be broken. But I will fully watch the whole six seasons just for that moment. It's it's something that, like, we crave.
2: You thought it was a queer storyline, but actually they were just wearing flannel shirts. <laughs>
1: basically yeah 100 <laughs> that was exactly stevie from shits creek okay i'm going to say it i'm calling it out stevie from shits creek what's up with that but i think there's something that's like exceptionally interesting about this and this song and what's happening here because in england in wales and in scotland we have had a very different battle for uh, gay rights than they have had in Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, being the United Kingdom and being Great Britain or whatever, we can forget that we are actually separate entities at some... I don't really know how it works. don't think anyone really knows how it works, but sometimes we do things differently and separately and legally that is the case a lot of the time. And same-sex marriage wasn't legal in northern ireland until 2020 like until two years ago Mm. which is mind-blowing because you know we think we got same-sex marriage here in england quite late we thought you know the law was having to catch up with the times same-sex marriage in northern ireland has existed for as long as the pandemic has existed (laughs)
0: like
1: make it make sense
2: don't.
1: <laughs> I think like, you know, the the meaning behind the song Proud like is so much more important when you when you have that context and when you understand that background and those challenges that they're fighting or they were fighting and to some degree are still fighting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you want to listen to Conlith's song and some pretty awesome remixes of it too, they absolutely bang. You can find it on all good music platforms.
2: And someone else I've been rocking to this week, you could, if you uh, hated yourself, even say crocodile rocking to, is Elton John
1: rocking out to Rocket Man? Yes. Alex, is there ever a week when anyone in the LGBTQ plus community does not rock out to Rocket Man, Elton John,
2: or any of the good remixes? You know that's very true. I don't think there are many many weeks. In actual fact, many days. In actual fact, many hours. <laughs> aka me in the last hour. <laughs>
1: We heard from Justin Vivian Bond and Bright Light, Bright Light last week, but let's listen to them again, this time speaking about Sir Elton himself.
3: He came into my life at a time where the whole of the UK industry, music industry, was just basically telling me no and that I was never going to get anywhere and was kind of worthless. And then he liked the first album that I put out and asked me to go on tour with him and just basically for no benefit of his own became a mentor and decided to like help out this like silly little kid that like Uh making pop music, wearing bright colors, you know, like. Yeah. yeah, He's wonderful. Isn't he? I don't know. He's really wonderful. Very well, but um, he's done that. I mean, that's a gorgeous example of somebody who really truly gives back. Truly. Yeah. Did that for Jake Shears, and he's yep. done so many wonderful things for so many queer artists. I mean, I had the um, privilege of performing at his stag do um, <sighs> wow. just before they he and David got married. But um, I had that's the only time I ever met Elton. But I oh. love David; he's an angel. Yeah, they're both just so fabulous. It's it's very refreshing, I think, to see people in a position of power and influence actually use it to do something that means something, you know, like all, all of these artists, like the Madonnas, the, you know, the Ariana's, the whatever, they've got such reach and they could very easily highlight somebody fresh, interesting, struggling on the brink of success, like, and they'd never do. No, So I feel like it's so wonderful when somebody who really just doesn't have to do that. Um, does and then you make a friend out of it and you realise that all of these celebrities are just ridiculous silly people like you and you (laughs) laugh about the same things and you know it's just it's just amazing.
2: You know that description there of being a silly little kid and making pop music in bright colours is basically me at school in music class with the DJ button on the keyboard. DJ! 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 DJ <laughs> it's DJ. nice to hear that. Yeah, well done, that was a, that was an absolutely great song. It's nice when people give people chances. I think that was
1: one of your originals, actually.
2: Yeah, I know, you can hear it on all good music platforms. But it's really <laughs> nice when, you know, you can actually hear the benefit that people who are in those positions of power or are in those positions of influence, giving someone a chance and seeing how many dividends that can reap for whoever let me be.
1: I'm very distracted in saying anything profound because I have a compulsion within me to share a story that I always share whenever Elton John's name is brought up.
2: It's alright, we can we can skip the profound, I want to hear this story.
1: Okay, and if you don't want to hear this, just skip, like, I don't know, 45 minutes. Cause it's... <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to the same primary school as Elton John, obviously like a few decades apart, but... Yeah when I was in year five, we had to do a project in music, and they'd been doing this for many years, because my brother who went to the same school had to do it, and people before him had to do it, and people after me had to do it. Anyway, every year they made the year five class do a project on Elton John, and like his life and his history, and they had a picture of Elton John in like the reception of the school, so you come in and you see Elton John, and all of year five are like writing a Report or something on Elton John.
2: I just love this idea of that school having a cupboard, which is just the Elton John cupboard where they put all <laughs> of the projects, the Elton John products. Right, they're done. They're done with. Going, they're going away into the Elton John cupboard.
1: There's a storage unit just full of them. I'm a little bit obsessed, but um, have always sort of been like, one day, one day, Elton John will be like Shivani Dave, went to my school. <laughs> <laughs> am i a narcissist don't answer that
2: no silence (laughs) silence in the studio for that one
1: it does make me think like can or should musicians successful musicians be doing more to help people give them a bit of a leg up what do you think
2: i always think if you can do something um there was someone very important to me early on in my career that had this like mantra of just pay it forward and um they know how important that mantra then became to me and they were so supportive in my life and helped me get to where I am and they just said whatever happens just pay it forward and so um I ended up working at a festival with her um three years ago we were driving around at a golf buggy and it and was... it
1: was Dual Lipa
2: <laughs> it was not Dua Epa. <laughs> um she was too busy on holiday <laughs> I <laughs> I found though it was a really nice experience like knowing that that person helped me get to where I was and paid it forward and supported that so yeah I think we all should be doing more if we can to help people it takes what a couple of minutes out of your day to maybe give someone a pointer or whatever
1: I totally agree I'm a big believer in in not wanting to pull the ladder up behind myself and wanting to help anyone with anything that i can if it's contacts if it's proofreading an application i always try and do my best if i can and if i do have time um but what i see is that it is people from minorities it is queer people a lot of the time who end up doing this work they are the ones who end up putting themselves out there and, and allowing other people to follow in their footsteps paving a path and helping others walk across that path why is it always queer musicians or queer inspirations, icons whatever you want to call them why is it always them having to do this as opposed to straight people
2: it's very true and it's, it's an important question and it's the exact question actually that we're going to be looking at answering in just a minute with the help of none other than Katy Perry.
1: That's right on the way after your Virgin Radio Pride weekly update with Daryl.
5: Hello, first this week. The police watchdogs condemned some ranks in the Metropolitan Police for behaviour including homophobia, misogyny, harassment and sending offensive social media messages. They looked at 14 officers at Charing Cross Police Station. The Home Secretary has called what they did sickening while the force has apologised for the appalling conduct. Peter Blexley, former Metropolitan Police detective, told us it's shocking.
3: For this pervading culture to exist within certain squads or teams, in within any kind of police service, is a matter of deep, deep concern for each and every one of us. These are the officers that in our moments of crisis, in our moments of need, and we pick up that phone and dial 999, these are the people that we
4: want to come to our aid.
5: Now, the Pope has told parents that they should not condemn their children if they come out as gay. Speaking off the cuff during his weekly audience at the Vatican, Pope Francis' comments were the latest in a series urging tolerance towards the LGBT community. Listing difficulties that parents face while raising children, he noted that figuring out how to handle a child's different sexual orientation was a challenge, but that parents should support their children rather than condemn them. And Britney Spears says she simply adores the lawyer who helped her free her from her conservatorship, claiming he turned her life around. The singer's legal agreement, which controlled parts of her life since 2008, came to an end in November. Matthew Rosengart took on the case. She's posted on Instagram saying he's kind and respectful always. That's the latest from me. I'll have more next week.
2: Thank you very much, Daryl. Now, another pair we heard from last week were country singer Brooke Eden and her girlfriend, Hillary Hoover.
1: Let's hear from them again, talking about a musical moment which assisted in their queer awakening. Of course, I am talking about a musical moment that assisted in many of our queer awakenings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Katy Perry kissing a girl and liking it.
0: Was there
3: a celebrity which assisted your gay awakening?
1: Ooh, my gay awakening. <laughs>
3: Um, this is probably a funny one, but probably Katy Perry, because when I kissed a girl came out, I think I was like 19 and I just loved her freedom and saying, I kissed a girl. And I liked it at the time. There really wasn't a lot of queer representation in kind of anywhere. So her putting that in a song and saying it so freely and, and loudly was a big deal for me so probably katie perry even though she's not gay
1: you can say that katie perry did a lot for the women loving women community and i would like to thank her for her service
2: i just uh remember my favorite little katie perry clip is um just a little you know in california girls when mm. she's got the cream um mm. squirting it
1: of yeah, I course, mean. I know that, Alex.
2: <laughs> okay, I've accidentally started something. Here. But um, <laughs> you know what? It's it's nice to, even though those people again, it goes back to you know, not intended to be a role model, not intending to be anything like that, but accidentally being a role model. Maybe Katy Perry wanted it because she liked it so much.
1: Well, I can understand why Katy Perry liked it so much. She wrote a song about it. <laughs> I like it so much. I put my whole career around it. <laughs> I think with Katy Perry, there was a lot of talk at the time about whether or not it was okay for a straight woman. And I think she does identify as straight, if I'm not mistaken, uh, to be writing a song that sort of made her a a queer or gay LGBTQ plus icon. And she has remained that icon status. She has been such a great ally to the community. She has been so vocal and so supportive. But I think what she did there in writing a song saying, "I'm, I'm here. I'm kissing girls. I'm learning about my sexuality. I'm liking it. It's kind of like, yeah, maybe she kissed a girl and realised that she's not into girls. And, uh, but she still liked it. And I think that's like part of the journey of sexuality and fluidity. And in a way, Katy Perry writing that song has, and singing it and making it such a great song with such a great music video, I think is, It's something that is actually really important for our community to normalise this whole exploration of sexuality because you can try it, and if it's not for you, it's not for you.
2: Yeah. It's like try before you buy, you know, before you step into monogamy uh, or, like, a, you know, before you step into identity, <laughs> whatever it may be. I just go... What?
1: Got something to tell us, Alex?
2: Us a punt. No, I'm um, I'm, I'm 100% certain where I stand on this... Uh, on this line anyway.
1: Speaking of uh, buying stuff I ended up buying a lot of cherry chapsticks if you know what I mean.
2: Okay um, on that cherry flavoured note that is about all we've got time for on the Virgin Radio broadcast this week.
1: But there's still time to play you one of the most moving clips from the whole of Virgin Radio Pride's three month run.
2: Before we disappear Just want to quickly say, we'd love you to get in touch with us. You can find us on Twitter at Virgin Radio UK using hashtag Virgin Radio Pridecast.
1: Or you can email us using pridecast at virginradio.co.uk.
2: Rightly so. Now, let's get to the clip, shall we? And I'll give you a bit of a mascara warning before we press play.
1: We'll leave you with Graham Norton chatting to Steve Denier about going to see Holly Johnson at Pride in Clapham in 1997. It's a clip which truly shows the power of music in the LGBTQ+ plus community.
2: We'll see you next week. Okay, so Frankie Goes to Hollywood, The Power of Love. This is this is this is a beautiful beautiful song, isn't it? It's so
6: powerful. And actually it kind of goes slightly back to what we were talking about because um the reason why I chose this song is because I was at a pride, a London Pride. Mm. And I think it was on Clapham Common. It was one of those really, London Pride was enormous when it was just like a massive, massive open air concert and they got really big names. And it was one of those. And it was a beautiful day turning into a gorgeous night. And I must have started, I think I was doing a bit of cub reporting, a little bit of reporting for Channel 4, I think I was, and they must have been doing a program about Pride, and I was like their little stringer at the event. I remember I, I, um, I interviewed Chris Evans the thing, because he right. was re- he was just doing um, Big Breakfast, so he was a big star, mm. so he was backstage in kind of the entertainment area, the hospitality area, because, you know, because all the big stars came, it was like, a, it was a big event, and uh, so I talked to him, and then I interviewed Holly Johnson, and at the time, and I hope, I don't think he'll mind me saying this, but he looked really ill, he he you know i i was shocked when i met him um and so i'm interviewing him thinking wow like, you seem so frail and you know the i at that time you thought there i know how this story ends happily that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't the ending for holly but <laughs> but at the time talking to him i thought this is only going one way And he got up on stage, and the sun was setting, and I'm I'm going to start to cry now, Um, but the sun was setting, and fireworks were going off, and he sang this, and the whole crowd was singing back at him, and it was just beautiful, and it really was the power of love. I mean, it really felt tangible in that moment, him singing to that crowd, and them singing back to him.